Hello one and all and welcome to the Consistent AK podcast. My name's Luke and I'm joined with Nick the Whippet Good. And we're doing another in-depth episode. We're doing Clerks 2. So it's the next Kevin Smith film that we're going to talk about. And we have a wonderful guest from the Candare podcast. Jeremy is joining us. So please, as always, sit back, grab a cup of tea or grab a beer or grab some sort of beverage. And uh, yeah, enjoy. As I said in the intro, we're joined with Jeremy from the Candad Podcast. Hello, Jeremy. Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's great to be back. I think last time I was here, we talked about Batman, and that was a hell of a lot of fun. But Clerks too. I mean, come on, guys. This is. Thank you so much for including me on this. Oh, no worries. Yeah. Well, Clerks too is. I think I said in the previous podcast, it's my uh, my favorite of the Kevin Smith uh, Skewerverse film. So I'm very excited as well to talk about it. It is. Um, it was a sixth film that was part of this universe and it came out in 2006 so i was just a young man at university drinking my way through my degree <laughs> and uh it was uh, it was actually a really low budget it was it was five million which is pretty small actually uh, yeah. compared to even some of the previous ones and it did 26 million at the box office which was a pretty wow. good return Ooh. yeah so the we were saying on the last episode was was for jay and silent bob strike back that it did like a, it did 10 million, I think, a return. And we were like, ah, is that good these days? Or, well, back then, and it was pretty good. And that's even better. Sure. So, yeah. Good job, Clerks, too. Th- this is so, also um, the longest gap between a viewer skew flick, isn't it? Between Strike Back and Clerks, too, I think, is the longest break in between the, the films. Yeah. I, I what, didn't, I didn't think years? about that. Yeah. Yeah. Must be yeah. four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you're right. right. What were you doing, Kevin Smith? What was he doing? <laughs> <laughs> taking time to make yeah. clerks to a master taking this time to make clerks too yeah <laughs> so um so the nice thing about this obviously it's a sequel to clerks and it kind of brings back dante and randall and they're in a different setting um they're not at the uh is it called the quick stop i can't ever yeah. remember yes quick stop yeah and the rental thing and they're in movies now that's where they work and um i think this one i don't know it's probably the best to start a bit with the cast because this has a really good cast because of elias Rosie mm. Dawson's character, Becky, I think her name is, if I remember right. Yeah. Just yep. to say, I, I watched this about a month and a half ago now. So it's uh <laughs> it wasn't a it wasn't a recent watch for me, but uh <laughs> but I've seen it more than any of the Kevin Smith films, so I feel like I know it pretty much back to front, apart from names, which I'm shit at. So Which even uh, if you'd seen it yesterday would still be the case. Which yeah, yeah, <laughs> I could have seen it half an hour ago. I will I will call the actors by I don't I'll have to just pick one of them and they'll always be just the actor's name or the character's name. I'll never go uh, I'll never get both. So never blend uh, the two. It's one of the I'll other. never blend the two. But it's really good and it's really good, isn't it? It's really, really yeah. fucking funny. Like mm. 
there are there are three there are definitely three standout scenes that have me in hysterics every single time um but the you obviously you both really like it as well right Oh my God! Uh, yeah, it's it's like like you're saying the best, my favorite in the view of skew of uh, universe. It's I and I could be wrong about this. I was trying to think earlier. Um, is it the first one of his films that kind of carried a a message like a like a moral message? If that makes sense, did, were there any beforehand that did that? Possibly only chasing Amy. Yeah, That's I think chasing right. Amy. That's the only one I would think of. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's why this one stands out for me. This this movie um, really hit me at a point in my life where I needed it. When it came out, we were so excited. We went to the theater to see it. And, um, you know, you find out that this is Dante's film. Not that that's a secret, but, you know, it's all about his his feelings about his placement in life, where he should be versus where he actually is. And that's, you know, for me personally, that's exactly where I was at that time. So I related so, so much with Dante and everything he was going through, like that scene where he's uh, driving through town and you hear 1979 and he's looking into, you know, people's windows and seeing their families and being like, I want that. Or do I want that? Should I want that? Why don't I have that? You know what I mean? Which is, yeah. uh, again, kind of where I was. And by the end of the film, Randall says something that not only... Uh, you know, makes Dante pull his head out of his ass, but made me kind of do the same thing. He's like, why don't you stop trying to live your life the way it you think it makes sense to others and just live it the way it makes sense to you? And boy, <laughs> that was a message that I needed so bad at that time. And when I got it, it was such a weight off the shoulders. Um, so aside from just being a great film, lots of funny points, it really hit me in a way that none of the other View Askew movies ever had. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing with some that's the thing with Kevin Smith's writing, right? Even yeah. in the in the even in the ridiculous, you get yeah. something like from Randall or or like uh, in Mallrats. It was he's in there when they do the, the love thing, the game show. Yes. Oh, like, yes. You know, there are some bits in there that are kind of like hard hitting and they're emotional yeah. and they hit you right, even though they probably shouldn't because of the context. But they do. And I think. Uh, you know, it's great. It's, I mean, it's awesome to hear that that like had an impact on you. That that one line, because I I know I remember that line every time. I think it's like yeah. uh, you know, a lights a fire under Dante's ass, doesn't it? Which is uh, it lit a fire under my ass. I mean, I was again, I was at a point where I was thinking like seeing people around me, what they were doing versus what I was doing in life. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing as well as I should be. But you know, it didn't. After hearing that, I was like, wait, I'm right where I should be. You know, if that's that, if that was for me, that's where I would be. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it yeah. does make sense. It's it's also interesting how that line was probably just uh, thrown away by so many other people because they're probably still laughing at like, you know, the pillow pants, the, <laughs> the pillow pants, and the sexy stud and everything that's just come before it. But the fact that you can pull something like that from a film like that just is a testament to Kevin Smith's writing, isn't it? That's why yeah, I, think. I so would agree. It does mm -hmm. make sense, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, pillow yeah. pants, Jesus, so good. I think I think that was the the thing that I also took away from it was that again it's. Um, sort of talking about how, um, uh, like how it's crafted in the, it is this film that has its really silly moments that are hilarious, but it also gives you these real moments kind of peppered throughout of just people trying to figure themselves out and figure out, you know, if what they've got is enough. Um, right. 
and that's kind of something that only clerks can do in this series as well like when you look at the first clerks that's kind of there as well in that it's you know do we want more than this like are we happy with what we've got um and then obviously throughout the rest of the kind of view skew stuff it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and we were saying with strike back that jay and silent bob strike back is like the end game of viewer skew and that it's basically like every character that has ever been in a viewer skew film is in that film and it ties off everything and it does it in a really big and bombastic way but with clerks too it's kind of, sort of feels like it's starting this new new phase um to use the marvel analogy and this kind of phase almost feels like it's gonna be more heartfelt a little bit more retrospective a little bit more sincere and there's a bit more kind of oomph to it um even if you do still get the the big over the top stuff like Kinky Kelly and whatever else, but, <laughs> <The> sexy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so stupid. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I think that as you said, Luke, that is a like massive testament to to Kevin Smith as a writer and director that he can kind of just completely hit you out of nowhere with something that is really well written and poignant. Um, that is sort of the crux of the film. Like at the center of it, it's like this is it. And it ultimately comes down to like two people having a conversation. Um, and it's a conversation that like you just can't help. Like there's no way you can turn away from that conversation. Like you, yeah. you're just, you're in it. Um, and yeah, it's just, it is really, really solid. Like it's great. Yeah. Um, I've heard people <clears throat> say that, you know, Quentin Tarantino's writing is so good because every line that comes next is the line that should come next. It's, you know, written very much like that natural conversation would kind of take place. And I feel the exact same thing about uh, that conversation between Dante and Randall at the end when they're in the jail cell. It's just, it's just perfect. No matter how many times you see that, you know, it still is impactful. It never gets boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So one of the, one of the scenes I want to just get out of the way first, because I think it's one of my favorite scenes ever in a comedy film is, is the Lord of the Rings Star Wars. Oh, I've got bit. it written down too, man. <laughs> because I'm so glad you brought that up. Even though it's only like three minutes, right? It's still so good because they're so smart about it by putting like a couple of people in the background that are listening and they're kind of agreeing with what Randall's saying. And just, uh, just I don't know, because there's so much stuff like that. I mean, because I, I work in a comic shop, right? And I hear these right. conversations several times, like people disagreeing, especially amongst my staff, like this is good and this is bad. And like, this is better than this, especially, I mean, ironically with Star Wars, like when the new trilogy came out, the, you know, the Rise of Skywalker one, there were so many of us that just liked it, but we just didn't care that much about it. Like, we were just like, that was a good film. And everyone's like, what are you? nuts like that was terrible like this was awful it's like why was it awful like it was just fine wasn't it um but again then i'm very uh like with the marvel stuff i'm very protective over the marvel stuff yeah um even even i understand some of it's not good but this that's why this conversation is so good because from the minute elias says um like one ring to rule them all and that guy looks at him like what this guy is just that's such a like a loser thing to say and then all, all of a sudden it's not like because that's what you're that's what Kevin Smith wants you to think. Like that guy thinks Elias is just weird, right. but then he's like, he's got a ring in his pocket, and he says he starts talking about the whole <laughs> thing, and then just Randall in the background, just kind of like, what the fuck? Like Lord of the Rings is shit, and it just the whole scene just escalates. And I was again crying at the cinema, and Randall is doing the walks, like the first film, 
does the walk. Second <laughs> film does the walk, and the third film, and then he throws, he mimes the ring going into the volcano, just like shrugging his shoulders, like that bit. <laughs> you don't even need the words; it's just perfect, and I I love that. I love that whole bit so much. Um, even even the guy throwing up at the end. That's just how much he gave. That's how much <laughs> that he cared about Lord of the Rings. It's it so was good. Perfect, because what's he say? Then then he walks in, and they all like the hobbits see Frodo, and they give each other this look, like they're just gonna start bricking in each other's mouth or something like. That. Yeah, he's like, and after <laughs> the suck, after the suck fest, That's Sam goes was. over to Frodo, and he gives him like, yeah, he drops a brick in his mouth or something like that. <laughs> and the guy, then the guy, the guy's sick, and just Elias, because his his uh, his reactions are so good. The guy who plays him, I can't remember his, I think his name's Trevor something. I can't remember. Trevor Furman. Trevor Furman, yeah, mm-hmm. and. uh He's just disgusted, obviously. Throughout this whole film, he's pretty much disgusted, right? Until he's stoned at the end, where he's like very excited by everything going on. <laughs> but in this, he's just like he's so upset. He looks so upset with Randall, but he would never ever question Randall half the time, right? Um, and I just love because I think we said before as well that it's just a lot of times Kevin Smith's probably had those kinds of conversations, or he's been in groups of people that have had those discussions, and it's just it probably just wrote itself, right? It's probably just like that's going in the film. I don't know where Pillow Pants came from, but that Star Wars Lord of the Rings thing is definitely something he's just know? like, perfect. I'd love to know. <laughs> Tell me, Kevin Smith, what does it mean? Where did it come from? So, it's probably in that, but I've got a big book on Kevin Smith. It's probably in there somewhere, but I love, I just think that's such a good scene. And I, I, I remember that for every time I watch it, I look forward to that bit because I, it doesn't ever get old for me. I think it's really funny. And even, even more so now because there's been another trilogy. There's been the Hobbit trilogy. It's been the TV show of Lord of the Rings, and it's been prequels and all sorts for Star Wars. And it's just people just love either of them so much, and both obviously at the same time. But like, just Randall just dissects it perfectly. It's oh, just yeah. um, it made me think like, was the Lord of the Rings film really boring? I can't remember. Like, uh, <laughs> but uh, but it doesn't. It's awesome. But anyway, very. Good I mean, scene. If, we're, if you're comparing them to Star Wars. Boy, this is going to be a taboo uh, thought, but I would say probably in in comparison. But I mean, I love Lord of the Rings. But uh, another great thing about that scene, it kind of shows the generational gap. I mean, although that guy who was arguing with him looked to be about the same age as him, but, you know, this older generation saying Star Wars, the ultimate trilogy, and now the newer generation. I just wonder, I was almost half expecting in Clerks 3 for there to be some kind of debate, rather uh, Star Wars or Harry Potter was the better. Yes. uh, uh, yeah, series, yeah, you know? yeah. Gosh, I forgot. I was thinking about that because that was the other thing that, like, just around the time that they set that up, they mentioned the fact that Transformers film is getting made, and now we've had like nine million Transformer films. Oh, yeah, um, so there's many, another yeah. one coming out. Yeah, yeah. There is, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't, I can't even tell with the Transformers films like what is what anymore. I loved the first one when it came out. So I know we're not talking about Transformers, but I don't know where it's going. Like, <laughs> yeah, no idea. Just give me the animated film and the first Transformers, and I'm. I'm all right. I don't, don't know if I need any more now. I'm just so confused. <laughs> the first one was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, the first Michael Bay one, I mean, it was all right. It had problems, of course. but uh, And I also enjoyed Bumblebee. I thought that oh, was... Oh, yeah, Bumblebee was good, Jack. Yeah. Bumblebee but, was yeah, good. But, um, yeah, as far as the uh, the Michael Bay ones go, when the second one came out, I was just... Wasn't the second one where they, like, immediately killed Optimus? They're, like, people yeah, were the in the uproar. He, he, when... he was barely in it. And I, I swear it's got the film was, like, six hours long. I just remember yeah. being, like... Are they still in the desert? But that is yeah. that would be like you would love Randall just to talk about Transformers films now, wouldn't you? You just yeah, oh my you'd enjoy God, it yeah. like so yeah. much. It would be great. So uh so yeah, great. That's a very, very good scene. And um I also thought 
saying about the cast a bit earlier that because it was Endgame, Endgame, because James Hardball's drop back did feel like Endgame. I honestly thought with Clerks too, like they might drop like a few of the regular people. I remember thinking like when I watched it this time, like Ben Affleck's in it again, Jason Lee's in it again, mm-hmm. but no, he's just gone with it. Like he's just, yeah. even though they're new characters, they're different characters, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jason Lee's appearance is great as well. Like, just in terms great, of like yeah. short appearance that is just all right pickle fucker right yeah yeah and it's it's the weirdest little kind of snippet of a story that is just kind of very that that feels like clerks one to an extent where it's just kind of like this is somebody who's come in and they are talking about this specific thing um right. and it, it just it worked so well i i completely forgotten about like how long his scene was in my head, I was like, "Oh, it's just mm-hmm. like a short thing." Because I remembered Ben Affleck's being like literally just a... yeah, Ben Affleck's is quick, yeah, yeah. Quick. Um, and for some reason, I thought Jason Lee's was the same, but I've forgotten that he like actually gets into a conversation with them. Um, and it sets up the next bit as well. Like that's the really cool thing. Like I really like the scene where they go go karting. Um, oh yeah, yes. That's there's something really well. nice about that. Um, and it it really kind of like sets the bar for like their friendship in this in this kind of film where it's the whole thing is kind of about like how do two friends kind of communicate like one is wanting to move ahead with his life and the other is like sort of satisfied with his life and uh, yeah the go-karting scene I feel like is kind of your first step to where you get ultimately that conversation in the prison it it's just really really um nice and a great song to choose as well like there's yeah, something so nice about that scene um, yeah what a great soundtrack that film has yeah, it's a really good soundtrack. See, it's another thing Kevin Smith's very good at, isn't it? Like yeah. the soundtracks for those sort of films, especially not so much of like Strike Back and stuff. James Harden Strike Back. That's just a bunch. Oh, of I love that sc- soundtrack too. I own that one. Is, yeah, I love the Clerks ones though. He's very good. He's, he reminds me a bit of. Oh, he puts a lot of thought into the soundtrack. Like yeah. some people just shoot it. My wife and I watched a film the other day, and there was not one song that fitted with the film. It was just like we're going to put this song in, and it's like that doesn't make any sense. It was. It was that shitty one that I told you about, Nick, the one with Chris Evans and... Oh, the one on Ghost of You or whatever Apple. it is. Yeah. The Ghost. Ghost. Ghosted. Ghosted, yeah. that's it. it well, was, that mean, makes not, me want not... to watch it anyway, even though the it's music... Not... <laughs> it's really corny. You can see Chris Evans having a really good time, but man, they're just, they're just like... They're just at this, like... I don't know, like a marketplace, and it's just the most random song put over the top. And then there's like a chase, and then there's another song, but none of it makes sense. Like, there's no connection to the music, to what's going on in the film. And I was just like, well, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, Kevin Smith, he cares. <laughs> so that's the point. I need to stop ranting about other things that I'm annoyed about, like Transformers and this Chris sure. Evans film. It happens, so, though, when you're a podcaster. Yeah. yeah. I really liked uh, uh, Rosario Dawson. I thought she was great. Oh, my like, uh, God, yeah. She's so good in that role. And I found, I, reading about it, like, I didn't know how many people were actually, like, like uh, Kevin Smith wanted for the role. Like, um it was it was a lot like it says it in the book and i think it says online as well like he you know he asked like um bunch of bunches of actresses like high-end actresses and then the only one who was agreed was rosie R. dawson because she read the she read the sexy stud scene and oh she was yes like, she was like it's too it's too good like it's too good to turn down like this whole thing <laughs> is too good to turn down which makes me love her, love her even more because i already think she's a great actress and oh, yeah. i uh and there's the fact that she's like I don't know. It's not that I don't think other people would. I think Bryce, Bryce, Dallas Dallas Howard, Howard? is that how he says? Yeah. yeah, she was she was up for the role, but then she did Lady in the Water instead. But I love the fact that someone really? could read the script and be like, "Wow, like there's a donkey 
there's a guy things are going <laughs> I mean, to happen I, I'm in her first like piece of dialogue as well is about ass to mouth isn't it like that's the yeah, it is, yeah. where yeah. her character appears that's yeah. her first thing which is pretty memorable in terms of like what's yeah. your opening like, let's, set, let's set the bar really low and then let's <laughs> uh, everyone will know straight away you're a team player she's really good and she's uh, oh yeah you know, she bounces off well with um from um Brian Halloran. I can't I just can't say names. What's wrong with me? It's too many too right. many too many children. <laughs> <laughs> names everywhere. Uh so uh yeah, so but she they they have a good because uh, I don't think they would actually they I don't know, I think Dante is quite an odd looking character. Like I know yeah. it's an actual person, <laughs> but I don't think he's the like I don't know, like you know, he's not like an a-list look but uh, sure. but they they just blend very well together and they're very good the dialogue bounces off each other and everything and it's uh you know it's, she's really good um like i was just yeah i think she's awesome in the role i yeah. i mean i really liked her before that film but that film made me just crush so hard i've had a crush on her for years and it all just comes from clerks too uh, yeah. She was actually in, in town here within the last year and I was going to go, but I was like, there's almost uh, like too much nerves. Like if I can't yeah. bring her home with me, I don't want to go see her. You don't want to go see her, yeah. <laughs> she, I, I she's do. great. In it. I did, but you know, I just, it wouldn't be the experience. Um, I guess that she, I would want, you know, I mean, be yeah, like, Oh, just... bless your little heart for being a fan. Move along. And like let the next yeah. person come up. Let's kind of talk. Yeah. Let's go and dance on a rooftop to Jackson five. And, uh, oh, I'd take her up on that in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's a really good scene as well. That's yeah. that scene as well is like is fully Dante. Just like it feels like he's just completely letting go, like, and because it gets cut short a little bit, like he's just mm -hmm. for those for those minutes. It's like my life is my life is okay. Like, yeah. like yeah. Um, look at this woman. I know he's obviously got someone else uh, he's engaged to, but it's that's a really good scene as well. Like the. You know, like the gaze between the two of them and everything like that is is spot on. Uh, yeah. And again, music choice, spot on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That whole sequence always gets me as well. I think that the first time I saw that, because I can't remember if I saw this in the cinema or not. Um, what would I have been? I would have been like 14, I think. Something like that. 14, 15. Um, yeah. So I can't remember if I would have seen it in the cinema, but I just remember when I watched that, the, the like abc scene i was just like this is something that's really special like yeah this film has sort of done loads of things and now in the middle of it it's just dropped kind of like a a musical like a just a, a showcase yeah. of random things a and very it, sincere film that doesn't take itself too seriously yeah yeah um and it just it always hits really well because it is just all about kind of setting up that relationship and the the kind of spark between them um, but it's just done in a way that it sort of encapsulates the whole world, like involving Jay and Silent Bob in it, um, yeah. and that kind of thing. I feel like it would have been easier, like if it was any other director or any other writer, they would have just done the scene between um, Dante and Becky, and it would have just focused right. on the two of them. But because it's Kevin Smith, it's sort of like you brought in everyone, and, and you get a feel for it because you see like Randall dancing to it and um Elias and everything it, it's just yeah it's it is a really kind of special scene that stands out I think um yeah always gets me I would agree and I think this film is probably the best that Jay and Silent Bob have ever been yeah I that's I've got that written down as well hundred percent I I agree with that the, yeah. there's the best I don't know why like 
sometimes I think they're a little bit more <laughs> mature in it. I don't know if that's even possible, but they they seem to like come of age. Like they're just like they're very they're very Jay and Silent Bob, but they're just it's like we've all like it, it couldn't be without them now either. Like any of these films, obviously, like they're part with the of the furniture, but they're I don't know. They just seem I don't know. They just seem I don't know. Yeah, the best they've been in any of them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know how that makes sense. But I definitely feel it. I've been trying to put my finger on it too. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't have a definitive answer. I guess sometimes Jay came off as a little bit annoying to me. Um, and this is going to sound silly, but as much as I love Strikes Back, for some reason, Jay's wardrobe, like just very long, <laughs> like the big baggy pants, the coat almost to his knees, his long ass hair. He just looked very long. He looked, I don't know. I love the way they looked, the way they acted. Their humor was spot on. It's just like the accumulation of all these years of playing the character, like, boom, like they finally like fully not to, not to say that they weren't doing Jay and Silent Bob good before, because they definitely were. But this just seemed to perfectly fit those characters, their representation this time around. I wonder if maybe it's I mean, I wonder if it's because because we've just come off Jay and Silent Bob strike back. So for a long gap of time, like Nick said, nothing's really happened. So we all just remember that film. But then when it gets to this one, there aren't really any hijinks from either of them in this film. Like, I mean, Jay dances at the beginning, but that's not really affecting anything. But in more rats, they have like a plan to like wreck the stage and, you know, Silent Bob's flying from the rafters and stuff. And in Dogma, they're like trying to save the world and they're like yeah. doing a bunch of crazy shit and everything. But in this, they don't really do, or not that I remember anyway, they don't really do anything that. I don't think so. I mean, it's just that nuts, which I think makes them, because they're still Jay and Silent Bob, they're still like, you know, pushing pushing their drugs and stuff like that. And they're, yeah. you know, they're involved in the watching the sex show and they're saying their, their lines and everything like that, but they're not, they're not doing anything that would, I don't know, that would make them a bit more annoying. I don't know if that even makes sense either, yeah. but it just, it just feels like they're at like a really good level in this film. Yeah. I would wholeheartedly agree. It's the best. Yeah. The best representation of Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. I, I do love Jay's, Oh, like when he's uh, when he's dancing at the beginning and he's putting yeah. on like the the lip gloss. Oh, the, the, the Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, yeah. yeah. It's so stupid, but yeah. it's like a really good because like <laughs> put down this and because obviously they normally at the quick stop and then they're like they're not there and then they follow them as well. It's just uh, mm -hmm. very good. Yeah, I think they um that was the thing I was gonna say is like the good white horses scene is just it's always just that's probably like their most sort of like they're up to mischief thing in this film is is when they just decide to put that on and just go for it um yeah, yeah. the rest of it is like they they almost just like innocent bystanders to the rest of the story um yeah like the bit where jay's taking a piss outside the door and it like slams oh, that into it. it's so stupid it's because so <laughs> it's because like, obviously it's like what the fuck and stuff like that it's just like no matter what he says no one actually cares what he has to say so he gets smacked by the door and he says what the fuck and then just people just keep walking like there's no uh it doesn't matter so even someone Bob doesn't get half time the delivery of that what the fuck is perfect the way he just shouts it because yeah. wasn't yeah. it the second time it happened like in that scene like it happened once and then yeah, someone just, else yeah. came out with more force yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good time yeah it's really stupid yeah yeah but uh so, moving on to like the second of the three really fucking stupid but amazing things has to be the pillow pants scene yes. right yeah. that is that is the most most ridiculous dialogue <laughs> But it's, it's the and that, fact that it's so serious as well. Like the music, it is so serious. Yeah, everything gets and like, very dark. Like, 
not Randall, uh, Elias is like kind of whispering it under his breath. Like it's like, it's a secret. Like, yes, because yeah. of, because uh, I've got like pants. It's like, <laughs> and there's, again, it's the, that's why I like Elias, even in Clerks 3 and stuff like that, which I know we'll talk about later, but like Randall and Elias really have a good chemistry as well. The two actors have a really good uh, chemistry and it's just Randall's face. If that's half the thing, it's just the same with the Lord of the Rings thing. Half the stuff is just Randall's face. Like his expressions, so good because it's the face we would all give if someone was saying it to us, but we were their friend and you were trying to be like, yeah, right, yeah, pillow pants. But he's just like, pants. because you, you want to say that sometimes when someone's telling you something that's utterly ridiculous, but you're trying to go with it, right? Right. Um, but Randall was just like so straight up about it, just kind of like, this is fucking mental, but I need to know a lot more. Like, yeah. okay, tell me, tell me, tell me more about pillow pants. It's such a stupid thing as well like again like i know we said like where did kevin smith come up for it would i would like to know but like, what where did that come from Hello, fans. so stupid it's so. hard to say man but i mean how brilliant and yeah randall's face really does help they were both so good in that scene because like you said elias is almost <laughs> whispering and almost like he's possessed almost talking to himself in a kind of way and uh randall's face you know is just showing the amount of horror that's you know <laughs> Uh, happening in front of him but at the same time he's got to hear more <laughs> he's just yeah. like keep keep going <laughs> but because it gets better as well right especially like have you, have you guys even kissed yet so you know we would kiss but because of list of feet <laughs> the fuck is going on <laughs> so stupid it's so stupid but it's absolutely brilliant i can't remember though if that comes before or after the lord of the rings thing i can't i feel like it's quite early on I yeah i think it is I quite early on don't i think remember. is it is it before I think, I think it's before. So. I think it's like their first sort of main interaction, like just those two. Um, yeah, okay. I think I think it's after the Transformers thing. So the Transformers thing is their first interaction where yeah. Elias. Oh, is, yeah. yeah. How I'm the Transformers perfect. are a slide against God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. But I, again, I so I have a if I go and, if I go and see a film, I said to Nick before about Anchorman as well. Like I really struggled to not remember the thing that made me laugh so much earlier. And I remember when the pillow pants thing happened, like even just a couple of scenes later, I started laughing again, thinking about the pillow pants scene. And like, there are people around me, like, don't have a clue what I find so funny, but I, I just imagine it all again. Like now, just when we were talking, like if you were to watch this video back, as Jeremy's talking, I'm laughing because I'm already thinking about Listerfiend in my head. <laughs> it's uh, so, so, so stupid. So, oh my I love God. It. I love it. I and knew somebody, I worked with somebody who was very much like Elias. Um, at an age where you probably shouldn't be that close with your folks, but is and just I could I could so picture him writing to work with his parents all whistling the same song. I could have totally seen it. But me and another guy who also loved <laughs> Kevin Smith, we used to behind his back calling pillow pants. Poor <laughs> 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 oh, guy. Poor Elias. He never knew. Oh, oh yeah. Poor Elias. Poor Elias. <laughs> He, I mean, he has a, it's, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, when we do talk about Clerks, he has a pretty good journey, doesn't he? As well, like Kevin Smith writes him in pretty significantly in the third one, but in this, he gets a lot of uh, for someone I don't know what he was in before this either. I have no idea what the what he what he's in before, but he gets a, a huge well, what, amount of like what Trevor was on. in before yeah. Clerks, you mean? Yeah, not much. Um, I actually got to talk to him last year, and he said the only other thing he had done was um actually a movie that was it is it uh what's randall's real name jeff anderson yeah yeah uh, a film that he had done independent project he had auditioned and 
played a part in that and that that was it and um yeah i do i do remember now i actually think i remember uh, you can see didn't he say as well that it was kevin smith saw him in that that's what got him this role yeah yeah okay i do mm -hmm. i do remember that hearing that now hmm. well he i mean he's great isn't he he's really good as well yeah. like i feel like i'm just saying everyone's great as i normally do in these things when i love something so much but he's uh his it's his how how he kept it together i i've never seen any i've seen some deleted scenes but I, I don't know how many takes this would have taken there's no way you keep a straight face recording half of the scenes elias is in without without crying cracking up do you have the uh, the clerks 2 dvd because there's there's like a whole extra disc that's like an hour documentary with kevin smith and then there's like a whole nother hour disc of uh nothing but behind the scenes bloopers and it is fantastic i do have i idea. think I they're on watched youtube the actually yeah i think some i remember at the time because i remember if i remember right this was quite big on like myspace when it released as well i remember watching a few of the behind the scene things on the myspace page when it released because kevin smith was like recording a lot but i've never watched the special features on the on the dvd yeah. which i probably should but i can imagine if there was a like a deleted scene reel like it must just be them laughing yeah all the time it's yeah it's pretty damn humorous i've watched it? it a few times yeah but i think oh, like i said i think all the all those are on uh, youtube now in their entirety okay but, um if i ever go if i ever see clerks to pop up on youtube for whatever reason i mean especially because we've been doing so many of these in depth or it always comes up with the lord of the rings one and that's like i'll watch that and then <laughs> i'm normally done then i'm pretty happy with my life at that point so right um, i'll dive in a bit deeper and see I'd, I'd love to see the outtakes and everything it must be great uh quick Should question we, uh, oh sorry yeah no no you go jeremy um I just want to ask you guys, since Clerks 2, I mean, aside from Reboot and Clerks 3, I, you know, I know he's done a bunch of other films, but do all those other films, I know like Yoga Hosers and uh, Tusk, you know, those aren't considered within the View Askewverse, right? Has it, has it only been the uh, two movies since Clerks 2 that fall within that universe, or am I mistaken? Yeah, so he, um, he sort of backdoor brought in, because we're going to cover it, but uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. Oh yes, because there's one character in Zach and Mary that pops up in reboot, um, which is why we thought we'd cover it for the 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 podcast. Is essentially because this one character I find hilarious, and when he popped up in reboot, I was like, yes, I I needed more. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's good. Right. So my third of the really really funny scenes is the sort of ending with the, I guess the sex show with the the donkey and yeah. Uh, and the Kinky Kelly. Oh, Kinky Kelly is the donkey. I can't remember which way around it is. This is that bad down with names. I definitely wasn't <laughs> going to remember what the donkey was called, or which one, which way around it was. That, I mean, that's a really, again, that scene is really, when you think about it, you think Kevin Smith's been involved in something where someone has planned something and it's gone really fucking wrong. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> right. where, where they've ended Probably. up being in Hollywood and stuff like that. Or, and, uh, it's it's ridiculous and it's very again really really funny the whole setup is really funny because randall is so excited mm. about this sex show that he's organized for dante and you know like randomly jane silent bob are there and elias is high as a kite and uh i just i love the fact that the guy comes out with the donkey and he's dancing for ages before they're like even questioning like what is what is about to happen and when randall pokes his head through the curtain he's like there's no one there like there's no there's no one else there and it's uh and they will just kind of go with it as well then they will just grab their beers and they're like yeah, yeah just we're just gonna we're just gonna let this happen now and they're all tilting their head 
uh, as they the were prepared to see fucked up shit that night, and they just they rolled were. with it. Like it's not the kind we were expecting, but okay, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, let's just go with it. Roll with it. It's uh, it's very funny. Like Elias as well when he's like says he's got a boner and everything like that, and just Jay's reaction to it was kind of like, <laughs> what did you just say? That's like, so stupid as well. And the fact that uh, Rosario Dawson's character comes in halfway through it as well, which uh, which mm. is just again perfect because she's she's not even angry about it she's just kind of like she almost doesn't want to not see it as well yeah like, like the bit where she matters. wants to run back in to watch it where she's like we can talk about this but right now this yeah we've got to go see this like, yeah, again, yeah i um, found out as well through reading about things that the guy who plays uh kinky kelly no he's the yes, stud he's guy the sexy stud the, he's the sexy oh, stud yes so they couldn't find anyone to play the role, so they actually got one of the crew. Um, oh, really? To do it, and he's he's actually like he's done several things before and after this. Um, can't remember his name now. I did write it down somewhere. Hold on, um, Zach Knutson. So he's like he's done like some documentaries and everything like that. But yeah, he's, oh really? Kevin Smith got him involved, and uh, I mean he went for it. Like there was no. Uh, there was no, you know, he's got those uh, assless chaps and, uh, you know, he's gyrating and everything. And then he, you know, mimics what he was going to do to the to Kinky Kelly. So it's uh, fair play to him. I mean, you got to imagine that's the sort of role that you're going to be remembered for. Like when you're getting, trying oh, to get yeah. up gigs right down the line. Like, oh, yes. Like, what are you, what have you done before? It's like, oh, wow. I did this. I was like, yeah, you're the sexy stud. Oh, you're the donkey <laughs> fucker. You're the donkey God. fucker. Yeah. So, well, hired. So uh, yeah, but I I think that seems really good as well. Like it's a very good um like you know there is a... I feel like climax is the wrong word. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a good I would agree. Uh, it's a good uh, it's a good bit. So there's a I think it's in the behind the scenes or I don't know if I heard it on Tell Him Steve David. Do you guys listen to Tell Him Steve David at all? I know I've, I've heard of it, but I've not listened yet. to it. That's probably the one thing from the view askew anything that I've devoured the most. I've been listening to those guys for years. But Brian Johnson, you know, him and Walt Flanagan, uh, they grew up with Kevin. And Brian talks about that scene where uh, sexy stud gets behind uh, the donkey. And he remember when he spits in his hand? Yes. He said that uh, him and Kevin had always had a uh, just a long running joke between themselves about that very thing. I don't know if the donkey was in play, but you know how somebody's getting ready to insert themselves and they go to spit in their hand and it's just an unnecessary amount and it goes everywhere. And he said that after two or three shots, they got the perfect shot. And in the, in the, uh, the documentary, they slow it down where he <laughs> spits and you just see webs of saliva shoot <laughs> through his fingers and stuff. It was so fucking funny, especially after hearing that story that they had just sat around in their spare time laughing about that scene and he finally got to make it and put it in one of his films <laughs> that's it that's where the that's definitely where things like pillow pans and stuff came from right like there's some uh, yeah, conversation that they've heard and they've it's come about and it's like that's going in like no matter what because obviously they have to get this stuff approved right as well like i don't know so i was surprised that jane silent Bob drop back was an 18 but i feel like only because of the way the world is now like 18s are yeah. probably 15s now but was this an 18 as well? Do you know, Nick or Jeremy? Uh, what, or what uh, rated my, are, I guess it would be in the American My DVD country. says 15. Yeah. 15. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you guys oh. must have an entirely different rating system. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty sure it was R here. Pretty sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's I mean, it's different now. Like I was saying on the last one, there's so many things now. I mean, that it would, would be... have to be with a donkey show, and it has to be rated yeah. R, right? I was about I mean, to I look mean, it up, but it seems like a waste of time. I, was... <laughs> I would have thought. I mean, I, again, because of that scene, I would have thought, yeah, maybe, maybe an eighteen, but apparently no. In England, we do not care. At, at, in two thousand and six, our standards were so low. Yeah, now you're making okay me look for, it up. Yeah. We're okay for fifteen-year-olds to. Uh, <laughs> to go away thinking about those donkey shows and pillow pants and list of fiend and uh, and all that you, stuff. You can track the decline in the age rate that in two thousand and one yeah, right? Strike Back came out in eighteen, and by two thousand and six, Clerks Two is fifteen with the donkey show, and it's fine because Clerks Two, Clerks Two is a lot worse, like language wise and like you know the things they talk about compared to Jane. So I mean, I guess Jane Silent and Bob have like I mean, Jay does go to go down on a nun. <laughs> yeah, Jay and Silent Bob was more of like a live cartoon, live action cartoon. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, I don't know. So it was it was far more silly, or not that Clerks Two wasn't, but you know, like we said, there were serious undertones to it. Yeah, yeah, and I th I think that that's the other, like because we're kind of getting towards the end of the the film now. When it they do the final montage and they rebuild Quick Stop and stuff, there's something really comforting about watching that where you're just like yeah. oh, yes um and it is like that kind of like uplifting ending um which in the context of it is really weird because if you just said to somebody in passing you're like oh yeah and at the end of the film they re rebuild the convenience store yeah people would just be like what like why is that <laughs> why why is that like an exciting or an emotional thing but in the sense right. of like these characters in this world and stuff it really is like a hard hitting moment. And then to like pull back and it fades into black and white is just one of those things where you're just like, oof. With another perfect song uh, during that transition. But, yeah. you know, you're right. I think out of context, anybody would kind of wince and be like, say what? They built a convenience store. But, hmm. you know, we've been on that on their journey with them. And we just like them in that moment realize like, this is where you guys belong. You know, this is your happy yeah. place, whether you are aware of it or not. Yeah. Do you think uh, when I watched, because I watched, because I hadn't seen Clerks, the first time I saw Clerks 2 was now a couple of months ago. I watched Clerks 2 after I'd seen Clerks 3, and I, I wasn't a huge fan of Clerks 3 for several reasons. Yeah. I, uh, I, I liked mm. it, but nowhere near the level I like Clerks 2, and nowhere near the level no. I like Clerks. No. But when I watched Clerks 2 again, and it, you know, it went, it transitioned to black and white, and like uh, one of you just said, sorry, about like it, like this, their like happy place where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Do you not think that that was the perfect ending? Like, because I think it was a per. I kind of think I don't know if there needed to be more. Yeah, like, I don't know. Especially I... after seeing Clerks three, like I feel like. So I quite I like know it's Clerks only two three. films, but they kind of gone. Kind yeah, of gone full circle. I I do get the full circle thing, but I I really like Clerks three, and I think the reason I like it is because, um, I can't remember who I said it to. It was somebody who was texting about it, and I said. But whenever you watch a viewer skew film, it's like um, jumping in and seeing friends that you haven't seen for a while. It's like you're yeah. just going into a world that you're like, oh, yeah, I know this world and these people are cool and it's funny and it's enjoyable. And Clerks 3 is like, beside Chasing Amy, Chasing Amy is like a different kind of thing. But like Clerks 3 is like heavy in that it pretty much deals with morality and like, you know, um, kind of questioning where you are after having a health scare in some way, in this case, a heart attack. Um, and I think that underpins the whole film, like the, the sense of time is limited and what are you going to do with the time you got? Um, 
Right. And then when they, you know, again, we'll get into it in, in detail when we do Flex 3, but I feel like the only way to really tie off clerks is to to have seen somebody's full life and to have seen them in terms of like they did the thing that they achieved. And for Dante, it was always as we as you kind of see in this film, it's he wants the the wife, the kids, he wants that kind of like stability. And that's the thing that he doesn't get out of life. Like he especially watching this back, I hadn't even thought about the fact that um Becky must have died like what? Couple like of immediately years. after that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um because she was she just got pregnant at the start of the film. She's a little bit pregnant at the end of Clerks 2. And then mm-hmm. I don't think she has the baby, does she? She's pregnant when she dies. I know. Um and that's the thing that you kind of realize is like the third one is about Randall in the sense of like he wants to make something of his life, but for Dante, he's already done that. Like he met the one and and had his kind of moment and then it's you know i can't really move past that so that's what i thought was really nice about clerks three and i think that's the difference here is that even though it does end in like a perfect kind of symmetry way with the first one there is still always that kind of like what's the next kind of like life thing that's waiting around the corner for them um and i feel like where clerks three ends it is that both of them have kind of hit a their trajectory they've both hit something um and yeah i that was why i really liked it and watching this back it was kind of more apparent i was just kind of like yeah i think yeah. the uh, <clears throat> kind of see it is very much about life and that's yep. what well that's what all the clerks films have been about is like just living and kind of enjoying everything that you've got um and three is kind of the the finale of all that so yeah, yeah I'm not anti I'm not anti Clerks 3 either. I just when I watched Clerks 2 after seeing Clerks 3, and because I wasn't overly sold on Clerks 3, although I enjoyed a good chunk of it, I just thought because of probably how much I like Clerks 2, I was like, yeah, I could have I could I could I didn't need more after that mm-hmm. really. But I'm glad there was. I always thought if ever they announced Clerks 3, I'd be really excited. But I don't know, probably because I kind of thought there'd be a little bit more Clerks 2 in there. And there there are elements of it, but it's uh it's also different as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'm somewhere between you guys. I, I definitely think Clerks 2 would have been a perfect ending, but um, not to say I didn't enjoy Clerks 3. I definitely did. Um, Brooke, Jack, and I were all in tears in the theater at the end of that film because uh, it was, it really hit you. But um, at the same time, probably not really necessary a few things that really irked me about that one and i won't spend much time on this because i know we're here to talk about clerks too but i'm not going to be here for your clerks three one so just let me get it off my chest quick is that um first uh jay and silent bob weren't really working for me uh silent bob wasn't at all silent he just was pretty much kevin smith dressed up like silent bob you know what i mean um i love the character elias and i feel like he was horribly under underused in this movie uh the hospital scene where he's bawling his eyes out you know that was pretty funny i i like his whole arc of like god's let me down i'm you know gonna you know look towards satan now but (laughs) it was just a bit much like every single scene was just like the most eccentric like goth outfit and the fact that um his silent partner that just that seemed really stupid to me and just kind of like a shoehorning in his daughter's boyfriend just because it's his daughter's boyfriend you know what i mean 
and how he's yeah. always putting his daughter in the films too anymore that kind of irritates me but i don't know clerks 2 is i think the peak of the kevin smith mountain for me personally everything was leading up to clerks 2 and that was just it hit so well that um yeah, i think it would be hard to <clears throat> live up to that zach and mary was great i've heard red state was a great film i haven't seen that one yet and again clerks 3 i am um, did enjoy i mean i i enjoyed it enough i went out the day it came out and bought it on dvd i had to have it had to be part of the collection but um clerks 2 is the peak i think of that mountain everything what kevin smith was before clerks 2 the whole first half of the, his career there like i adored kevin smith so much and i'm not saying i don't anymore but it seems like he's a completely different person now than he was in those early days maybe i'm wrong but I don't know. There was he, he just seems like kind of like a caricature of himself, what he used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, definitely with the Clerks 2 bit being like the peak for me. I think that's probably why when I rewatched it after Clerks 0, I was like, yeah, that would have been I would have been good with that. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same. Although I still enjoyed Jane Son and Bob the reboot, I mm. kind of feel like that probably wasn't I don't think that was necessary either because as Nick mm. said because James Harden and Bob Strike Back felt like the end game of everything. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, there, there's now been two points, because, I, again, I said before, like, it was kind of, there was a choice that he was going to, that was James Harden and Bob Strike Back was going to be the last thing they did. And then it was like, maybe the last thing they did was just James Harden and Bob, but they carried on with the other characters. And then you had Clerks 2, which are great, because you know, I, I loved it so much. And then and there was the reboot, and then there was Clerks 3. So, Again, not a knock on either Clerks 3 or Reboot because I enjoyed both of them as well, but I just like Clerks 2 so much. And I thought when it went to black and white at the end and it just showed them where they were. And Nick's right as well. You have to show like probably a lot more of these characters to get that full conclusion. But right. I, I was just I just felt like it was good. Um, I agree. More so. But I, again, when I saw Clerks 2, again, if I, someone said to me they're going to make a Clerks I was really excited when they announced Clerks 3. Like, yeah, uh, I was like, this is going to be great. Um, I've even so just heard, a bit underwhelmed. I've heard tale that he's been thinking about a clerk's four. Now tell me how, where, where and how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Dante gone. Because in the, the post credits of clerk's three, doesn't he say that like, uh, Randall continues making movies until he's like 90 or something that there's like a, yeah, there's, a there's a bit in the credits where Kevin Smith talks about it. Um, I can't recall. I'm yeah. surprised because it wasn't uh, wasn't um, the guy who played Randall. I, I don't think he was that keen on doing Clerks three. Yeah, I think I he think wasn't that keen two. on doing Clerks two. Yeah, I think yeah. three yeah. pulled them both back in for kind of the the what I always took it as anyway was that it was kind of the last one that like this is definitively like the end of the Clerks because it's going to change it um, and. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd hope that there is another one because I I do feel like where Clerks 3 ends it is kind of yeah. pitch perfect for me in that it's it's the first time somebody's like died in the viewers universe. Like uh, that was just hard enough. Mm. Um, and as you say that Clerks 2 has a, such a good ending as well that it's almost like, you know, at the end of that, I'm sure I would have said, yeah, I don't need another one. But um, I'm just really like hoping that like next is Twilight the Morats. Like I want another Morats set in. Yeah, yeah I would be up for it. another Morats would be great because yeah. that's a whole that's a that's a bunch of different characters. I know Jane and Silent mm. Bob are in there as well, but Jane and Silent Bob can carry on. They might as well yeah. carry on now, right? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The films, but you don't. You know, you don't have to have 
Dante and Randall's characters. I know they'll both probably be in it in different roles. Like, you know, Dante was a weatherman in like, uh, <laughs> right. Dogma, wasn't it, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So um, they could do that. But yeah, I just, I, I really like the ending to Clerks. I really like the transition. I really like the way it ends, especially after the way it begins with it being on fire. And yeah, I mean, I'm now more confused than ever because I'm going to have to watch Clerks 3 again. But now after what you said, Nick, as well, like I feel like maybe I've missed missed the whole point of Clerks 3. But I just... Uh, yeah, True. I'm. Uh, yeah, I will. Um, I, I just, I really like Clerks too. If that's not obvious from this whole conversation, yes, and it's the best. I've it's it's the yeah, point. by far the best. I think. Yeah, I think. So. Like from my half, like even though I do really enjoy Clerks three, the humor in Clerks two is better. Like the the humor oh, yeah. in Clerks two feels really, really refined. Um, and uh, like when you get to like reboot in Clerks three, that feels more stoner comedy, kind of like it's it's more out there a little bit like strike back where strike back's humor is like some of it's great but some of it is so outrageous you're like whoa um yeah but yeah clerks 2 is probably the kind of like pinnacle of like hand in hand you've got outrageousness and realism and they just sit perfectly for this film mm-hmm. um i just feel like with clerks 2 like he wasn't trying to there was no like he wasn't i don't think he was really trying to please anyone like he wasn't mm-hmm. trying to make clerks again he wasn't trying to make it like for you know, it wasn't like it felt like the the like the chains were fully off. Like he yep. wasn't he wasn't under the pressure that he was with more rats for it to succeed. You know, he wasn't under the pressure. Well, I don't know how much pressure it was a dogma, but obviously it's a very taboo subject, isn't it? Religion. So yeah, you know, he although he definitely went there. Like he he probably could have for Kevin Smith, he probably could have gone more in there. But for Clerks, it just kind of felt like this is my budget. This is the great cast I've got. I'm going to write what I want. I'm going to put in what I can, and it just felt like really like relaxed and i think that's why it's so funny because it just feels like there's no there's no weight to it i don't mm-hmm. know if that makes any sense it's just yeah, right i don't know very like uh very fucking funny <laughs> just uh yeah One, good stuff another thing about uh really quick clerks three that i think um what how this because he rewrote it several times like i think there were like two or three drafts um before they came up with the final one but i do feel like Rosario Dawson's involvement in Clerks 3 because I feel like between Clerks 2 and Clerks 3, she got a lot more popular. Like she climbed the star list. And I think that it was probably a lot more difficult for Kevin Smith to nail her down. So it it, it seemed to me in watching the film, it's like, okay, he could only talk her into like one day of shooting. Like, so how do we write that into this story? I could be totally wrong, but that's just kind of way I, what I took from it. But it was a shame because I was looking so forward to seeing her character in there because she was one of the spotlights of Clerks too. She was such a great character in that film. I mean, it probably is. It probably does come down to like scheduling, right, and things going on in her life because she's got a lot bigger. But mm-hmm. I mean, it depends. On, it really depends on how Kevin Smith wanted to write Dante's character. Like, did he need to find that like that one thing that was just, like going to crush him so much into yeah, how he is in Clerks three? But, uh, yeah, I think that's... while she do short, short killing yeah. Randall and him realizing that he needed Randall. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think... guess he touches upon it, doesn't he? So, because yeah. I think one of the other drafts of it, I think what I read was that it was, um, uh, it was like the quick stop got like damaged or broken or something by like Hurricane Katrina or, or like some storm. Oh, um, okay. and it was about. I think it was about Randall trying to like basically get people to fund it, to pull it back together, to, to pick it up. Um, 
Wow. I didn't know that because I mean, that's, that kind of shit really happened to, I mean, in Jersey to a lot of his friends. I know Kevin Smith doesn't live over there anymore, but on tell him Steve, Dave, you hear all about how their house has got destroyed by that hurricane. Yeah. Love when they write in that real stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, it always sounded like, it's always sounded like it was dark in the sense of like somebody was going to die, whether it was Randall or Dante. Um, and so like, I, I completely get what, get it jeremy that like having without becky you do feel like there is something missing i do think like the scene that she's in really poignant though where it's just like the two of them kind of move on together um no i think it was perfect i i just i think yeah. he wrote it perfectly with what he got i just Not feel cool. like i don't feel like that was probably his original idea i feel like his original draft his original concept probably had her in there a lot more but i'm again this is all strictly assumption i'm just guessing yeah. i haven't read that anywhere or you know yeah this guessing. Th that was the thing i was kind of thinking like um if if it had been like the same story and becky was in it um like it would have been so much more heartbreaking if he had died and had wife and kid kid yeah. like that yeah. like obviously it's heartbreaking already that she's dead and she died you know pregnant and, and he had to kind of go on with that um but the, like the version of that where he leaves the two of them behind is is also pretty intense yeah. um so i would be really curious like going into clerks 3 to find out like more about like that that writing process and stuff but but yeah for, for clerks 2 which obviously is what we're here for yeah i think everything i'm sorry it. no it's fine it's good to I keep uh, diverting oh, no, back don't, i don't i divert we do all, all the time, time. like yeah. we've had like podcast that have even touched on the subject we're supposed to talk about so <laughs> just the way it goes i know how that goes <laughs> so. right before we wrap up is there anything else either of you wanted to talk to us uh, audience about clerks too mm, so. i mean as far as all my notes go i think i covered everything and then some what about you nick yeah i'm i'm, I'm good I, I i think i'm i'm ready ready for what's next ready to see ready for what's next all right fantastic well that is the end of our latest in-depth episode covering clerks 2 um if you want to find more of our podcast or find nick and i on our social media channels you can find us on twitter at consistently pod on instagram at consistently pod and you can search consistently podcast on youtube and you can see us in person on the video screen because who doesn't want to look at us and now you get to look at jeremy as well hooray so um, i don't know if that's a good selling point you might cut that out <laughs> no, no, it's gonna. The numbers are gonna go through the roof now. Right. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Jeremy, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us at uh, CandairPodcast.com or you can just search Candair Podcast in any of your podcast player of choices. Um, yeah, but we just we every week we get together, have a new guest on the show, and uh, you know we start each episode off talking. Uh, we, we in our retro roundtable, just talking about maybe our favorite movies or uh, pick an actor and talk about their best films or you know just very much kind of like stuff like this it's different every week but we always like i said have a new guest whether it be a comic creator uh voice actor screen actor uh, we've had a lot of cool people on the show i mean even pertaining to uh the conversation today we've had some usq people on like uh trevor Furman, who was elias got to talk to at a con so i got about five minute interview with him uh, Jason Muse, uh, that's about five or six years ago, got an interview with him. Again, only like five minutes. And then we had, uh, um, what was her name? Marilyn Gigliotti on the show, who was in Clerks 1 and 3. Uh, Veronica, Dante's girlfriend. Yeah. So, you know, those kind of interviews, um, plus many more. Check us out. Yeah, candarepodcast.com. 
yeah, everyone should give it a listen as well. And yeah, give our old stuff a listen stuff. Uh, listen and stuff. God, I'm running out of uh, you know, <laughs> I can't talk anymore. Uh, so yeah, check all that out. And um, whilst we're still here, then Nick and I have a Kickstarter up for our latest comic called Lone Tales Volume 1. So if you're interested in comics, uh, sort of two comics in one, one is a high horror sci-fi and the other is a thriller. So if you're interested, then again, go to our social media and um, give it a give it a look and see if you're interested in Bacchus because we want the comic out in the world. Help <laughs> yeah. us. Thank I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah thanks. All right, brilliant. Then uh, nice to see you, Jeremy. Thank you for joining us very much. The pleasure has been all mine. been looking very much forward to this and I had a blast. So thank you guys. Yeah, it was awesome. That Nick. Applies. We'll see each other again soon. We'll see each other soon, yeah. In person yeah. as well. In person. I'm, go- I'm going to England <laughs> this week, which oh, God, nice. knows when this, God knows when this podcast comes out, so it may have already happened, but I'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. Cool. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.